Welcome to Household 6. We are two seasoned Army spouses and virtual BFFs who want to encourage and empower you to leave your duty station better than you found it. We're your hosts, Margot and Kathleen, and we're so happy you're here. Today we're going to be talking about military balls. Uh, Margot and I both just attended one, and we were thinking about all the questions and concerns we had before we went to our very first formal military events, and so we wanted to chit-chat about it with you guys. How many have you been to now? So I was counting on my way here, and I think seven. I've been to six, I think. Yeah. No, I lie. Seven. There were a few years there where we kept leaving a unit right before they had a ball and getting to the next one right after they had theirs. So we were missing them. Yeah. And I skipped one when she was a newborn because it just didn't sound fun. To... Yeah, also skipped the one when Magnolia was a fresh baby, but it was it, we, it was when we were in Hawaii and it was in like downtown Honolulu, and so I wasn't going to like drive to pick up Alex or whatever, so we just stayed in the hotel, and I feel like that made it worse because it was like I was right there, like so oh. close, but so far away. I was so oh. jealous. I love balls. <laughs> Me too. Do you like them? Because I, I thought everyone just adored them, and at the last ball, people were like, are you having a good time? And I'm like, yes, I love this. And they're like, really? Like, really? You like this? And I was like, you don't? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I love them, but I didn't at first because I used to, the first couple I went to, I didn't know anybody. That's and I, true. And I didn't, I didn't know how to know people. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. I didn't enjoy the first couple that I went to in qu- the same way that I do now because- uh, I always have loved the opportunity to get dressed up and go to grown-up mm-hmm. prom and stuff. But when I was younger, I didn't know people at the balls and I didn't feel comfortable just like walking up to people and making friends. And right. so it was like, it was very fun to get dressed up with my husband and go, but then we never stayed long after the formal portion and yeah. stuff. But now yeah. when I go, it's a party with all my friends. <laughs> right. It's army prom. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah, the first couple we went to, especially the first one, I had never met a single person at the ball. He had just got back from deployment. We had just started dating. So I didn't even know any of his coworkers. And I it was like, I, I literally couldn't speak. I don't think I said very many words to anyone. Because yeah. it's it, it's all the same stress of any of the other events we've been talking about that right. are so intimidating when you're young and new. But then everybody's dressed up like they're on a red carpet. Yeah. And people who are besties, you know, are all hanging out and you're just kind of like on the side and it's real awkward. And and I had no idea about the hierarchy of where people sat and the formality of it. Like I did not know who was who, who was important, who like literally nothing. I just sat at the table and understood nothing that was happening. Yes. So that wasn't fun. But now, you know, I'm involved. I know a lot of people. And so now it's like, I would love to see my friends be silly and, I don't know, get awarded or dance. Yeah. Now they're like my favorite thing. I I guess the thing is, when you're sitting there and you don't know what's coming, it's very clear that there are a lot of rules happening, a lot of traditions, a Mm -hmm. lot of, like you said, formalities. And it's very disconcerting when you don't know what those are. And it, yeah. I don't know, it can mm-hmm. feel very like, oh my gosh, I got to be sure I use the right fork. 
and it's really not right. that intense. Even though no, literally no one, at least on my table this past fall, could have cared. Like you could have used your spoon yeah. for the food, and like literally no one would have cared at all. <laughs> so it's different. People, at least in my experience, care about the not so much etiquette, like traditional table etiquette, as they do being respectful of the important military parts. Mm-hmm. You know. But what's funny is I was just saying that I couldn't hardly talk at that first ball. Well, then a year and a half later, that was when we were at Fort Campbell. We moved to Fort Seal and the girl who I like stood beside of the entire time at the ball, she became my best friend at Fort Seal. But nice. it's like when we spoke at the ball, like neither one of us could talk. And that has happened to me so many times. I think about that a lot, how it's like one person at a duty station I barely know them or know they exist. And then sooner or later down the line, we find each other again. And they're my best friend at that place. Yeah. So weird. That's awesome. And, you know, I was telling you guys that story about how I've told a lot of stories about this class. The Growing Spouses Army Strong class at Fort Seal when they teach you how to be an SFRG person. Well, just at this past fall saw a person that I knew in that class and I had never seen her again. Like that's been like nine years ago. And I just, I thought maybe they got out of the army. Like I'd never heard from her. I've never seen her online. And I thought she like, didn't like me in the class for whatever reason. That's just my own insecurities. Well, now she's here and our husbands like work parallel to one another and we still haven't spoken. And I'm like, are you about to be my best friend? This is happening again. time. <laughs> like we are finally together again. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's interesting how now I feel like just now I'm getting to the point where like I'm, I'm running into people for the second and third time. And even if you, like you're saying, didn't have a lot of contact at that last duty station or point of contact, it feels very meaningful just to have any kind yeah. of prior knowledge of someone because usually you're meeting people from square one. Mm-hmm. So I totally get that. Mm-hmm. So, okay. In all the Fort Polk Facebook groups, number one question was, what are you guys wearing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and where do you get a dress? And is where my did dress- you get your, your red dress that you just wore? That was so fab. I ordered it from one of the department stores. I usually have the best luck for like, price versus looks at the big department store chains. I think I ordered this one from Macy's, Belk, Dillard's. Those are mm-hmm. my go-to. That's usually. interesting. I've never gotten a dress from a department store. Oh, where do you get yours? My very first one I got from a hometown prom store. Nice. <laughs> and then I've gotten one from David's Bridal. It was just like formal wear from there. I wore that one twice. Then the last one I've been wearing a lot was that Amazon robe. That's my favorite story. Yeah. And then I wore another one. We had two balls this past, like in the past couple of months. I wore a dress that I already had. It was like a cotton t-shirt dress. And I put a tulle skirt over top of it. Oh, and it looked really cool. So it people kept asking me, did you make this? And I was like, no, it's literally a dress and a skirt from Amazon that I just layered <laughs> and like hoped for the best. 
<laughs> but I think it worked. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So, so a friend just asked me kind of like, how fancy does it have to be to be fancy enough? And mm-hmm. I sent her a picture similar to what you wore. Because my personal rule is kind of like simple and long mm-hmm. is better than fancy and short. And I see a lot of people now doing like a, like a just nice Amazon solid black maxi dress that Mm-hmm. In another context, would not necessarily be formal, but you put on nice jewelry shoes. And it looks right. appropriately conservative mm-hmm. and respectful of the dress code. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, now we're the old people, right? And so, <laughs> like the first ball I went to, like ten years ago, I was the person who was worried: is this appropriate? Is this okay? Whatever. And now. I don't know, maybe people are worrying if I think that, which they shouldn't. But, you know, we're the older people now. And so I I never really judge what anyone's wearing, except like, ooh, that's cute. Or like, I would like to wear that or interesting choices. But unless you're like showing off your goods, then like whatever you wear, I'm like, ah, cool choice. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm getting less and less judgmental because even the things yeah. that are like, quote unquote, immodest, now I'm like, oh my gosh, that looks so good on her. Like, good for her. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But, okay. So, but when people ask, like, is this too low cut? Is this backless detail too much? Here are my personal rules for mm-hmm. always being appropriate at a ball. Number one, wear a long dress. If you're petite, like a high-low thing looks good or a T-length, I, I, I say avoid a short cocktail dress. Most of the people yeah. you'll see in those will be, it'll be their first ball or maybe they're pregnant or have some kind of injury or something, or they, they were desperate last minute, didn't have anything else to wear. So I, I do think it's important to wear a long dress. And then second rule is pick one revealing feature. Mm-hmm. So a dress that either has a low cut neck or a low back or a high slit. Right. Don't do all three. Mm-hmm. And this dress that I just wore, it it's this dress that I just wore, it has kind of a suit vibe. I guess you'd call it a tuxedo dress. Yeah, it does. It's very cool. Well, thank you. But it I was talking to somebody about it because I was like, it kind of had both a slit and a low neckline. Um neither one's super dramatic. But I normally wouldn't have done both of those, but I thought, I felt like it worked because the sleeves were so long and it had like the blazer lapels, like it still looked very conservative. It did, yeah. And then my next rule is wear something comfortable. Mm -hmm. Feel good about yourself. Like Mm -hmm. wear something that makes you feel good and happy and expresses yourself. Don't feel like you need to be boring or simple. Mm-hmm. My next thing I always tell people is when you're shopping, think red carpet more than prom. Yes, um, that's a, yeah. Because you're I've not- never thought about it that way, but that is a really good tip. Mm-hmm. Once you start thinking that way, then it then it makes sense. Because the first time somebody said that to me, I was like, I don't, I don't understand what you mean. But there's a specific kind of prom look, mm-hmm. maybe more rhinestones and sparkles and cutouts and you know it's just a different vibe Mm -hmm. so most people are going to be in a dress that's a little bit more it's going to be a little more sophisticated and elevated than your typical high school prom dress yes Mm -hmm. because because it's a professional event it's fun right 
but it's a professional event. Mm -hmm. I, I do try to keep my outfit very sophisticated, which my tool dress is a little, I mean, it's definitely like red carpet vibes, but it's also kind of like, look at me vibes. And I know that usually you want your outfit to kind of complement your soldier's uniform, which I feel like it still did. But anyways, oh, for sure. I cannot wear heels because of my disability. They just don't work for me. So I always have to wear some type of flats. Last year, I made the mistake of wearing these like flat, barely any heel strappy sandals because I thought like, okay, that'll be like the most appropriate thing to wear. And even though they had no heel, my feet were killing me. And I was like, Mm. I'm not doing this to myself again. So I told Alex that I was going to wear Crocs to the next ball. And he was like, don't you think that would be a little uncouth? And I was like, you're trying to tell me that I'm uncool? Like Crocs aren't the coolest thing in the world, Alex. Like comfort. How dare you say that about me and my disability? And I was like going off and he was like, Margo, I said uncouth. And I was like, I literally don't know what that means. And it just kind of means like inappropriate, right? For like the yeah. situation. Well, I was like, how dare you use $10 words when you know I can't understand that. That's so So funny. anyways, he talked me out of it and I ended up wearing golden goose dupes that I found on Amazon. They're like the whole shoe was sparkly, That's but funny. my feet did not hurt at all. And everyone was complimenting them. And I'm like, this is the way to go. Because I wonder, I didn't compliment anyone's shoes that were heels. No. But like if you, one girl had on Converse and I was like, you're the smartest person here. I started out in heels because with my slit, you could see my shoes and after the formal portion, though, I went back up to my room and put on my dress Burks, <laughs> my, <laughs> my fanciest Birkenstocks, and that was the best possible choice. The yeah. ball before that, I just straight up never put my heels on. Like I, I had them with me, and I was just like, now nah, I'm going straight to the Birkenstocks. And everybody was jealous of me and regretted yeah. their own choices. So yeah. I'm with you on the comfy footwear. If anyone does have heels, they they're going to be off by the end of the night. They're going to be holding them, have changed in their bag. And I'm like, why, why do that extra step? Yeah. And it, instead of being barefoot at the end of the night, you can have your cute sneakers or your Birkenstocks. So sometimes I get nervous when I'm telling people like what not to do, like my, my rules, you know, that I'm Mm. going to scare somebody into not into avoiding something fun. And I, I do think fun is welcome. Like I love your mm-hmm. big poofy dress. And one of my friends at this last ball wore, it was the coolest thing. It's a strapless pink satin jumpsuit <gasps> that that had a an overskirt that went on it. No. Yes. So it started as, you know, like, like a big, it looks like a Barbie formal, like hot yeah. pink ball skirt. I, stra- I'm in love with her. It, Yes, it's fantastic. I'll have to show you a picture. I'll have to get her to post it in the group. And then for dancing, she took the skirt off and had her cute little <gasps> pants and her cute little sneakers and looked fabulous. Oh, wow. I've never loved someone more. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> you guys have to get along. <laughs> I, I don't know how I found this on Pinterest, but somehow, oh, I was looking up ideas for Spouses Club events next year. And I somehow got on like pageant Pinterest. 
and I saw the, these like toddler and tiara top outfits and one of them looked exactly like that. It was like a jumpsuit, but it had a skirt and then like feathers on the wrist. And I literally screenshotted it and I was like, I am making this for the next ball. I will be wearing this in red. It's going to be <laughs> amazing. Yeah. And yeah, I think too, like as long as you're <clears throat> being, I don't want to say modest because modest is different for everyone. But if you feel comfortable and your soldier feels comfortable and you want to take like a risk with your outfit, I think you should go for it. Yeah, because there's a difference between a fun choice and a right. inappropriate choice. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a fun choice is wearing a hot pink jumpsuit. The inappropriate choice is like looking like Christina Aguilera in the dirty video and drinking too much and like vomiting at the table. You know? Yeah. I was going to say like having a see-through top or yeah or not wearing underwear in a way that people can tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's just avoid that. We've talked about where we've gotten our dresses. Amazon, the department store, bridal stores. But you can also get your dress from Operation Deploy Your Dress. And they just opened one at Fort Polk. Yes. How many locations did you say they have? 13. 13. So... Operation Deploy Your Dress started it at Fort Bliss when I was there. So I got to be there That's and see cool. the beginning of it. Yes. And we have got to talk to some of the founders and get them on the podcast. They're a really cool group of ladies. And most of their husbands were in battalion command and they were planning their unit balls. And they were looking around and realizing that a lot of the young families weren't going to come because they couldn't afford it. And a dress is one of the biggest expenses sometimes because uh -huh. um, on top of a ticket and a babysitter, I don't know about you, but there's always something Brian has to buy for his uniform or <laughs> yeah. get it dry cleaned or mm -hmm. and um, like, where is the ball? Do we have to have a hotel room? Oh gosh. Transportation. Yeah. yeah there's so much that goes into it. So it becomes a huge expense. And then you're thinking about in army world, you know, most of the, women going are probably young moms. And so maybe they've changed mm -hmm. sizes. So it's not even like, oh, I can just rewear something I already have. So they saw all these spouses who weren't going to be able to come, even if their husbands or wives, the soldiers were required to go. And they were like, we all have all these dresses in our closets that we'd love to share with people, but how can we find the people to match them up with? And so they kind of came up with the idea to go beyond a dress swap because you'll see events like that sometimes on posts. But they were like, let's ask people for donations and like set up a store and people can come shop and get get free stuff. Mm -hmm. And they put it out on the internet and a couple, you know, local news channels and it blew up. Like, mm -hmm. I really, truly don't think any of them expected it to turn into anything as big as it did. But all of a sudden they had thousands of dresses arriving in these huge people were sending like big moving boxes full of formals from pageants and things and a lot of older people sent like really cool vintage stuff because they were like this has been in my closet and it makes me so happy that some young military family can like get joy out of it like i did and it so i helped unbox some stuff one day and it's like you'd open a package and there'd be a note from a lady talking about Aww. the event she wore this too. And it, it was, it just felt really special because yeah. everyone involved was so 
joyful. And mm-hmm. it they ended up with so many dresses that anybody on Fort Polk, I mean, anybody on Fort Bliss who wanted to was able to come and get one. And it was just like a big party that first week that they were opening because mm-hmm. everybody was having so much fun. And so they became a nonprofit. They've opened all these other locations and now it's such a legit thing. Yeah, you were talking about people donating dresses. It's not just secondhand dresses either. So we oh, had yeah. Wang donated. It was something crazy, like hundreds and hundreds of dresses last mm-hmm. year. And Jerry Hill just, donates a lot. Yeah, they're just brand new formal dresses. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this is the national rule or the rule at ours here at Fort Stewart, but if you have a military ID, you get two free dresses per year, one long and one short. Oh, okay. So ours for opening year, because we had a lot of dresses and a lot of balls, they were offering two free dresses a year and one free accessory. Mm -hmm. This year, it's one dress and one accessory. Mm -hmm. And, but I, I assume that the long short thing is like, once you get enough stock to make that. Mm -hmm. And I went through on our opening day this year and pulled dresses that wouldn't be appropriate just for a ball, but I was like, this would be appropriate for mother of the bride. This would be great for a cruise. This would be great for a vacation. This would be a really good Easter dress. And because we have so many types of dresses now, it's not just the formal wear it's, and we have wedding dresses too. I was Mm -hmm. like, people are really missing out. And keyword, anyone with a military ID. So dependent, it's not just spouses. Yes. So your teenager can come look for a prom dress, a pageant dress, there on our soft opening weekend, there were these two girls who they they each got their one dress that they were able to get. And but they had a whole plan like I'm going to wear this one to homecoming and she's going to wear that one to her pageant. And then we're going to switch for the next oh, event. Like, yeah. And so there's all kinds of stuff there. I know we we have a couple of girls who are former models. And mm-hmm. one of the girls came on opening day and I went around the store. I picked all the dresses that like my big toe would fit into. And <laughs> I was like, please put this on. This is so fabulous. And I need you to wear it. And she did. She modeled them all. It was amazing. I love it. So speaking of ODYD, if you don't find anything, hit up your friends and see if there's something that you can borrow. Because I know mm-hmm. I have several dresses that I love and will keep forever and like try to convince Esther to wear to prom, but I would totally let people borrow them. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think what Margot and I are both saying is like, wear what you want to wear, wear what feels good to you. Yeah. If you need ideas and if you try, if you search military ball on like Google or Pinterest, it's not going to lead you down any good real examples. So I would top in black tie wedding. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I don't know about you, Margot. My first ball was kind of at the dawn of the internet. Not really, but it wasn't, <laughs> you know, it wasn't as easy to just search for things. Yeah. So I was so stressed before the ball because Brian was like, no, it's formal. And I was like, but you're a boy. You don't know what that means. Right. And I didn't know anybody to ask. Mm. And I was like, ask your friends what their wives are wearing. And he'd come home and be like, he said a dress. And I was like, are you, are you kidding me? <laughs> but so and then he'd be like well I'm wearing my dress blues and I was like but but sometimes you just like wear those to work like I don't what mm-hmm. so I totally I got all dressed I had my long dress on and I made him sit out in the car with me while we watched people walk in and I waited until I saw 
like four or five women walk in in floor length gowns before I would go inside. Yeah. <laughs> and I had a short yeah. dress in the car just in case. And then also, it depends like if they wear their bow tie, if they wear a regular tie, that's like two different levels of mm-hmm. attire. Yeah, it's a whole thing. But speaking of just like getting ready and what to wear, do you do your own hair and makeup or do you have someone do it? I always do my own, partially because I don't want to spend the money. Yeah. And partially because I, I like the way I do my hair and makeup, I, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I, I always do my own hair and makeup. I even did, someone curled my hair, but I did my own hair and makeup for my wedding. Yeah, I did I too. Just, I don't think people can do it. I mean, obviously people are professional makeup artists, but I just have horror stories of like going to Merle Norman in high school and them putting on foundation that's like not the right color and just making me look not like myself. Mm-hmm. And I just want to look like myself, but a little fancier at these places, you know? Yeah. And that's another thing. I I would say among my friends, let's say it's 60, 40 people who do their own hair and makeup versus mm-hmm. people who have someone help. And it's not, so it's not as expected as like at prom, everybody shows up with a big right. updo. And mm-hmm. Like some people do that at the balls, but other people will just have their hair like straightened or curled like they wear it every day. Way more surprised by people who do have their hair and makeup done. Unless it's like your yeah. bestie doing it. Yeah. When people say like, oh, no, I went and had it done professionally. I'm always like, oh, you fancy though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't know we were doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So everybody knows that's not. Right. That's not an expectation or a need, but it's a fun bonus if you want to. When people ask me questions before their first ball. I have all these suggestions and things that I do, but I really don't think there are many hard and fast rules about Mm-mm. what the norm is. Right. Mm-hmm. You People also, also ask about colors and like try to match the uniforms. I don't really think it's that important. I think if they're wearing the blue one, kind of anything goes with that. Mm-hmm. The the new pinks and greens is a little bit harder to coordinate with, but I also, I don't think anybody's ever going to be like, wow, that that hot pink jumpsuit really clashed with her husband's uniform. Right. No, <laughs> no one cares. And yeah, I feel like it's a lot more important to wear something that you're comfortable in and you feel great in than trying to match something. But if yeah. you are really nervous about it, I think black Navy or red is always a good option. I I would say a full 50%, maybe more of the gowns at this ball I was at were Black, navy, and red. Yeah. Self-included. And then there was a lot of champagne gold and mm-hmm. silver. Mm-hmm. People don't usually wear patterns. I've I've seen people pull it off. But if, if, you're, if it's your first time, if you're nervous and you're wanting to fit in, go with a solid color. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sparkles are cool. There are usually a lot of sequins. Yeah. I know. I really want to pull off a black and white strap dress sooner or yeah. later. That's on my list. That would look really cool. <laughs> so at this last ball, my friend was like, what's everyone doing? Don't we have to go through the receiving line? And I was like, oh, right. Those used to exist. But <laughs> out of all the seven balls I've been to, I have never done a receiving line. Mm. Have you? Yes. Okay. So this last one, we had a receiving line. And oh. it, if y'all have never been through a receiving line, it the people in it will be the usually the command team of the unit that's hosting the ball. So this one I just went to was the Fort Polk ball. So it was the post commander and command sergeant major and then the guest speaker that they had brought in. 
they were all in mm -hmm. the in the line and that with their spouses mm -hmm. which maybe we are not doing it now because of covid which i know it's not oh, yeah. like it was a couple of years ago but maybe people just didn't want to shake hands if it was just up to their you know you know someone's own discretion but like even before that yeah i've never never been in one and i'm so, glad because I mean, now maybe I would know the person, like, especially if it's like a unit ball, but yeah, I'd be like, what do I say? What do I not say? Like you have such a brief moment of time that it's like, you can't really say anything, but you right. have to say something. <laughs> okay. Know? And that's, a, that's what I was going to say is that it can be, it seems really intimidating because it's, you know, whoever is the highest ranking person right. in the room basically. But like you said, they move fast and it's really no big deal. Usually how it is be a big long line, you go get in it, find a place or there will be a place designated to set down your drink or so that you have a hand free or your bag, whatever. And usually there'll be somebody at the very front of the line, like the general's aide or something. And your spouse can can introduce both of you to this aide and the aide will turn to the general or whoever and introduce you in a smaller context like a battalion ball usually the soldiers are going to know whoever's in the receiving line uh -huh. and so then the expectation is that the soldier introduces their spouse and you just stick your hand out shake hands say hi nice to meet you happy to be here yeah that's all yeah so it's not and there and from you it's like that's your only interaction for the night it's like you're saying that to them but they're doing hundreds of people. So yeah. it's not like they're going to remember that like 30 seconds and be like, can you believe that that was so awkward that they said that? Like, it's going to be so fast for them. Like, like Sergeant oh. Smith's wife was so awkward. I will never forget her. Right. Like, right. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, happen. Yeah. And, and they're just happy to have everybody there. Yeah. So luckily I've gotten out of that and not had to do that ever. So I like that. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, I think, I think ours have been like half and half, whether they had one yeah. or not. I, I think it's just up to the host discretion. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking now that's just like one of many ways that balls have been so different. We, the first ball I went to was one that I bring up to people a lot when they're talking about planning balls and they have budget issues because mm -hmm. this ball was so fun and it was so cheap and they held it at the event space on post. The The meal was nothing memorable, probably baked chicken. And they, they prioritized being able to make it accessible for the younger soldiers. Mm -hmm. And so however they structured it, they were able to make it free for E4 and below. And oh, yeah, and then tickets for everybody else were still pretty reasonable. Oh, that's that's one thing to mention. Usually the tickets will be tiered and priced mm -hmm. differently by rank, just so you have that expectation. Okay, but this <laughs> this cheap ball. So they had it on post and then they were able to have, they had a lot of free drinks and they had shuttle buses to all the neighborhoods on post. Oh, that's really nice. I think they might've covered childcare too. So it's like their priority in that ball was really like, we want everybody to be able to come. Mm -hmm. you know and mm -hmm. yeah was, the shuttle bus thing is nice yeah mm -hmm. so it was very chill you know no fancy decorations mm -hmm. but everybody got dressed up and had a good time and it was great and then the fanciest ball we've ever been to 
was held at the mansion where they filmed The Great Gatsby with Robert Redford. Whoa. Uh, yeah. Where were you for that? Uh, Rhode Island. So this is oh, at the, okay. the Naval okay, War so College. <laughs> yeah. So okay, exactly. That that's probably the biggest difference there. Yeah. And and it was a school, so they had a specific audience. So the tickets were very expensive. There was no tiered pricing. It was I want to say it was like one hundred and seventy five dollars a person. But they had these phenomenal like hors d'oeuvre stations or small plates Ooh. all kinds of really fancy stuff why and, does the army always get the shaft like what right, in the world right so so when i say ball it can mean everything from you know that first one where there were kegs and karaoke to <laughs> gala at gatsby's house right uh, so yeah i'm trying to think our fanciest ones they've all been kind of fancy we had one at the opryland hotel in nashville oh, that's we've fun. had two at the hilton in downtown honolulu we had one at jekyll island we've had two downtown savannah and then like two on post i think yeah so yeah definitely so- different <laughs> different vibes <laughs> right here at Polk, there's not really any event space big enough right here locally. So people go to the casinos because there is mm-hmm. casinos are legal in Louisiana as long as they're attached to a riverboat, which is hilarious. So all that these is hilarious. So all these casinos have like a a boat, but it's like docked in concrete, and then there's like a walkway that attaches to this massive hotel, and so there are quote-unquote riverboat casino <laughs> oh, wow so like we were saying if if it's somewhere that is a destination you know the downside is you're either gonna have to pay for a hotel or you're gonna have to drive back late at night upside with the casinos are that most of them have in-house childcare, and wow. so the one the two that we've gone to here were at a casino where their child care is they have like this massive indoor playground and like video games like a chuck e cheese and stuff and oh. fed the kids dinner and had snacks and it was awesome so my kid had a great time too yeah that's cool we've never used the child care we my parents usually come down and watch mags then but when we were in hawaii one i didn't go to one she wasn't there yet and the other one, my best friend there watched her in the hotel room. But it's just kind of unfortunate for her because they were PCSing the next day. So they were already staying like in the hotel because they were leaving. Oh, no. Nice. I was just like, hey, can you watch her during the ball? And she brought, and then she was like, yes. And it worked out. But like looking back now, when we PCS from Hawaii, had we been like watching a different baby the night before, like that would have been super stressful. So like shout out to Alyssa. You're the best. Yeah. The favorite part of a ball is the grog ceremony. Okay. Tell us about that. Cause that was a big surprise the first time I saw it. Yeah. So if I can get it right. So I didn't realize until just this last ball that there are specific alcohols that always take place in the ceremony. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did not understand that. But basically, people from command teams or certain positions, if a bunch of commanders won't be there, will take a bottle of alcohol up to this big giant punch bowl, which is the grog. And I don't know if you know and can explain, but each of the alcohols represent something. I like don't a know partners- what. Yeah, like <laughs> some of them are like a partnership with a different country or represent our brothers and sisters in arms or there's all these different things and I don't know what they are and I'm totally butchering that 
But basically, they pour the alcohol into the giant bowl and say their little speech. But they normally do something really funny or inspiring or something when they're doing it. And it's always the best. Like, they usually play music. So it's kind of like you have a walkout song. So they'll play music, (laughs) you get to walk out and dance. You say your piece, and then you pour the alcohol in. And then at the end, there's a giant nasty punch that has been, you know, created. And you can drink it, which I never do, which will. Because it it can end up being gross. Like, depending on how silly the unit's being, like, maybe they throw a shoe in there. Or a dirty sock, or... Or there are a lot of ingredients that they claim are like gross things that aren't really like, right. I I really thought like, they were putting sand and gunpowder in them. And finally, somebody was like, that's brown sugar. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or a idiot. lot of people will like chug some of the alcohol before they put it in. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's actually sweet tea. Mm-hmm. You know, they're tricking us. But Alex was actually in this last grog ceremony. And because some of the other commanders like couldn't be in it. So he is not a commander right now, but he got to do it. And I was so freaking excited. And I was like, I'm picking this song. I don't know why I took this song. I like, didn't allow him to do it himself. But I was like, okay, no, this is my time to shine. My creative genius is flowing. We're doing this. So I picked out Baby Shark Breakbeat. <laughs> and if you don't know what that is, just please Google it right now. But it was so funny because he walked out and it was like baby shark and no one knew what was happening. And he was just doing the baby shark with his hands. And then the beat drops and he put on sunglasses and I had a money gun and he was shooting money in the air. And <laughs> it was just like the greatest thing ever. Yeah, That sounds fabulous. Yeah. But we had been playing this for months. And so he agreed to it. And then not before... He never gets nervous or anxious or anything. Like, that's just not his personality. And he was, like, nervous about it. And he was like, I don't know. I'm just feeling really weird because it's not like he did it. Like, he picked that and was comfortable and going for it. Like, I put it on him and was like, no, you're doing this. (laughs) And so he was like, I just don't know about it. Like, I hope it hits. And then everyone ended up loving it. And I was like, okay, why do you doubt me? But I started getting nervous, too, because it's like, what if it flops? They will never trust <laughs> what if me nobody again. thinks that's as funny? I know. But but I went a step further and put the commander and command sergeant major and the Debardi commander's wife on the $100 bills and then put like Shot. props so on funny. their faces. So I put like sunglasses on them and they're from the commander and his wife are from Hawaii. So I put like lays on them. And so when they shot the money out, they shot it at their table. So they were able to see that they were on the $100 bills. Yeah, I really commit. That's, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, the grog ceremony is usually like really hilarious. Everybody's goofing off. It's one of those opportunities where leadership kind of lets their hair down and just everybody being silly. But I think it can get really stressful for a lot of people because when there is grog, which there isn't always, but it kind mm-hmm. of can create this this pressure for people to drink or drink too much. Yeah. And we, we have an episode that is coming up later this season where I interviewed a friend whose husband went through the army substance abuse program and he got sober and talking about that is, I can't wait for you guys to listen, but you know, I, I do want to nod to like, this is one of those moments where it's really hard for people in recovery or for people who don't drink. I was talking to 
a friend who was in one of those leadership roles where, you know, the expectation was that he's going to come in with his bottle of liquor and chug it and da da da. And he was showing me how he had practiced in the mirror, holding up the closed bottle and like turning up his chin and pretending like he was glugging. So like his throat moved yeah. and it looked so legit. And so I, I would just say that like, if that's a, if it's a concern for you, mm-hmm. be mentally prepared to, to decline or to just fake it like that guy dunk your mug in the bowl and then go dump it out in the in the bushes absolutely (laughs) I mean it's different like for spouses because I mean people do pressure spouses to also try it like you're not even going to try it and I'm like no absolutely not that's one disgusting two I would die no I'm not doing that yeah but most of the times people will leave the spouses alone but the sometimes soldiers will really get yeah pushed around Mm -hmm. and so just something to be ready for unfortunate yeah. yeah, which I mean, the ball in general is, I think, an excuse for a lot of people to overindulge. So just be, being mindful of that all around, because even though it is a time to let loose, it's also a work event at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's up to each individual person how they want to handle it. My friend was showing mm-hmm. me how he, he, he was not interested in having a conversation with people about him not drinking. So he's just going to pretend. Right. And I talked to another guy who, to him, it was really important to set the example. Like he carried around his glass of water and anyone who asked him, he said, no, I'm three years sober and I've worked really yeah. hard at it. So whatever, whatever vibe you want to go with is. Mm-hmm. I've also seen how like if people are sober or just not drinking, you usually go up with a partner. And so the other person maybe is, and they'll like, take one for the team and do it and not yeah. <laughs> not pass it around or whatever. So there's definitely a lot of ways that you don't have to participate in the drinking part of it. And I know like it's at the St. Barb's ball, they give out the St. Barb's award to soldiers and Molly Pitcher to spouses and the recipients after they've been awarded, they get a cup. Well, we had everyone sign in. I shouldn't say we, I didn't do this. <laughs> they all signed in and you put like alcohol or no alcohol. And so all of the spouses declined it. And so they gave them Hawaiian punch. Nice. Yeah. And I like, maybe I'm kind of being a brummer, but I bring that up because I think from the spouse side, if, you know, if your soldier is saying like, no, I, I have to drink or I have to drink this mm-hmm. much or whatever, like, no. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> So, so do you stay and dance? Okay. So yes, I already said the first ones we went to, I didn't really know people. We didn't stay and dance. Now I typically like to be there to shut it down. The lights are coming on. Mm-hmm. The cleaning crew is telling us to please get out. And yeah. we have a have a great time. This last ball was the first one that we have stayed and danced really. Like we've danced maybe a couple of songs, yeah. you know, but then we always leave. Well, my parents were keeping Magnolia, or my parents were keeping our kids, so we didn't have to worry about childcare, getting back or anything. We were had a room upstairs, so and plus, Alex was helping kind of plan it and make sure everything was taken care of, and so we stayed until like very last minute. The lights were on; they were putting chairs away. Like we stayed. And then we ended up changing clothes and then a bunch of us met downstairs in the hotel and just like, we weren't like part, you know, keeping the party going. We were just like talking, Hanging out. but it was yeah. so cool. And the hotel finally at like one o'clock in the morning was like, we're just closing this part of the lobby. And I'm like, <laughs> hotels do that? That's weird. <laughs> but it was so fun. I want to stay until the end of all the balls because 
you have so much time to talk to everyone. You can mm-hmm. dance. The vibe at the end of the night is just so different. Yeah. Than the beginning. And it was really cool. I liked it. And I was That's- glad I was wearing sneakers. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, so we started talking about ceremony and tradition and stuff. The grog is one of the things that happens at a lot of them. Most of the ones we've been to have a grog ceremony. And then usually there are, well, there are always toasts and there are a whole bunch of them that they go through. So mm-hmm. you're not, you're not done after the first one. Right. <laughs> yeah. What What are they toast. It makes me laugh so much because every time someone brings up toast, I think of that episode of Army Wives where they're like, to the president. And then Roxy is like looking around the room like, the president is here? Yeah. And they're yeah. like, no, no, no. We just like toast to the United States. <laughs> the president. I think it's like, what else? And it's like, is it to the Constitution or am I being insane? I think I'm being insane. I don't even know. But but the best part is that I've talked to multiple people who, who did the same thing. They were like, wait, the president? I know. <laughs> yeah. And there's usually a fallen comrade table and mm-hmm. it has different things on it, symbolizing different things about the, the people we've lost. And so they'll take a, a moment to acknowledge that and go through the meaning behind it all. And especially, you know, depending on what unit you're in, what the unit's doing, who the unit has lost, that can get really heavy. So, you know, I I went to one ball where everybody was straight sobbing by the end of that. And uh, so I don't know, there's a lot looking back that I never would have expected. Like the first Mm -hmm. ball I went to, I just was going to army prom. And now there's, there's so many layers. Like sometimes it's emotional. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's goofy and hilarious. Mm -hmm. And I love uh, the tradition, though, of it all. Getting to experience it and be in a room with so many people who are sacrificing so much. And not just the soldiers, but the families. And I don't know. It just it just makes me so happy to be there. I love being there and surrounded by it all. And my favorite part is singing the Army song. I love it. Do you, do oh. you know the words to the Army song? Yes. I it's get so fave. into it. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> And Alex is always like, you're such a dork. And I'm like, no, it is so fun. <laughs> it's so catchy. And it's my favorite thing at the end of the army song to yell yeehaw. And <laughs> if you've never done that, try it next time. It fits perfectly. <laughs> but it's like, you can't do that at every event. But it's like the ball is the perfect place to yell yeehaw because it's like the end of the ceremony, whatever. Well, this year, well, this last ball, we sang the field artillery song, which is like, sort of like the army I don't know I didn't get to yell yeehaw and it just like really bummed me out I was like that's so like my thing and I always like hide my mouth because I don't really want people to know it was me right you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, it's I think everybody knows it's you Margo <laughs> I mean probably but whatever I just pretend I don't I'm like who did that oh my god they're hilarious <laughs> oh. and then I guess the other traditional thing that happens is there's usually a speaker Mm-hmm. And most of them, I end up not really even remembering what they said. Yeah. But we've been to a couple where somebody said some just really good inspirational stuff to the soldiers. And where it was really cool. But we went to one where I swear this guy talked for like three hours. And I was asleep in my baked chicken. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I but usually of- don't pay attention a lot to those. If they can keep my attention, then that's one thing. But I don't know. They're 
it, I don't feel like it's for me, you know, like I'm yeah. not the person that they wrote this for. So yeah. I usually kind of like look around and I'll watch Alex listening and see if like he's getting something out of it. If he's like nodding his head or whatever, but that's usually right before the grog. So I'm normally just like, okay, hurry up. <laughs> I want to do the grog. Hurry up. Hurry up. I want to see it. <laughs> I want to go. <laughs> Yeah, because I'm the person that's like not drinking, like I'm usually drinking Diet Coke, but like I'm the most rowdy person at my table. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be swinging my napkin over my head. I'm going to be yelling and ow, ow, people, you know, I'm going to, yeah. I'm here for the party. (laughs) Yeah, it's so fun. And I think it's so funny when people like won't be quiet and some, it's usually always like, some sergeant major is like, shut the F up. Yeah. <laughs> you know? just like, is that okay? Are you allowed to do that? <laughs> I always think that. And he, they, the guy was sitting beside of us this last time and he just kept doing it and like cussing. And I mean, like we love them and his wife, but I was just like, are you, are you, can you say that in here? Like, I, mean, I know it's the army, but I'm like, oh my God, he's saying bad words. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So what what would you say to fresh baby Margot before her first ball? I would say the dress you're wearing is a little too low cut. I'll have to post a picture. It wasn't like that in try-ons. And I got to the ball and was like, oh, no, the girls are out. Not a good look. But anyways, I would say you're not going to have any idea what's going on. Don't worry about it. A lot of the other people here also do not know what's going on enjoy it and in 10 years from now you're gonna love these they're gonna be like your favorite part of the year yeah I would have just wanted to tell myself to relax and it's not as stressful as it seems and that no one was really gonna remember the ball from 10 years ago like the intricacies of it so if you used the wrong fork or which again, no one is, no one knows. Like, it's not like all these people have been to etiquette class. So all these things that you think people are looking at me or I'm wearing the wrong thing or whatever, like people aren't going to remember. And if they do remember, then all you've done is make for a good story. So like either way you've won. There you like go. if a, 10 years from now, people are like, oh my God, this girl wore this robe, this maternity robe basically from Amazon and like thought she was the hot, hottest girl there. <laughs> like, I know. Wasn't I delusional in 2023? And wasn't it hilarious? Like, that's fine. (laughs) It all works out. Not the part of army life that that needs to be stressful, you know? There's enough stressful parts. Let this one be fun. Yes. We so hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you didn't learn anything from this episode, we hope you laughed along with us. And... Don't forget to don't forget to see if your post has an ODYD and operation deploy your dress. Even if you're not going to use it for the ball, that is a perfect place to get, like we said, an Easter dress or a dress for vacation, literally anything. Yeah. And we would love to hear your ball stories. We're going to have to share our pictures of my risque low cut dress and Kathleen's tuxedo dress. <laughs> and we'll we will ask you guys to share your favorite stories and dresses too. So until next time, you can find us at household6podcast.com, on Instagram at household6podcast, and on Facebook, you can join our group, Small Army, the Household 6 Podcast Community. Like we always say, leave your duty station better than you found it. Household 6 is signing off. Bye.